What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we discuss this week's episode of HBO's The Last of Us. So let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today? My friend. We are doing good, as you sip from your Chicago Bears mug. Number one pick in the draft, Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something to celebrate at the end of playoffs, right? Oh, the Bears suck bad enough that they... Three and Houston Texans showed him up. That three and fourteen season has to add up to something. It's the number one pick. Hopefully um, they do something with it. But anyway, I'm okay. I'm good here on a Monday evening. Obviously, we're recording on a Monday instead of our usual weekend because we're talking The Last of Us and it doesn't come on until Sunday night. So adjusting to uh, this recording schedule that happens after we've both had a full day of work, I'm sure. But hey man. We want to do it because this shit is fun and this show is great. So that's why we're here. I am okay. How are you? Can't complain. Like I said, just yeah. kind of full day of working and taking care of myself and taking care of a house and just staying alive for another day. That's all you can do. Right. That is all you can do. Just pushing through to get ready to talk about The Last of Us, episode two titled Infected. Mm. Which is what you all are here to listen to. Not the Bad Religion song, Infected. Wait, what was that song called? It was called Infected. Infected. Oh, that song's so good. They should have they should have like worked that into this episode. That would have been dope. That would have been dope. Bad Religion uh, does not pop up in enough stuff. I was watching, I had I don't know how it happened, but I watched the Clerks trilogy last week. <laughs> You're just gonna drop that in real casually. <laughs> Casually, but but in the first one, one of the things that that movie was really known for was that soundtrack and like mm-hmm. listening to it now with nostalgia ears was really cool. But Bad Religion popped up in that movie during one of the, like the scenes. And I was like, man, you don't hear Bad Religion just popping up in movies that often. Nah, they're not a very soundtracky band. Nobody really goes seeking out Bad Religion for their for their movie soundtrack, but they should. I think they should. I, anyway, it worked. It worked well for clerks in 1990, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. So, right. Anyway, that's enough clerks talk. <laughs> no more clerks talk. Yeah. Said it enough times. Uh, Last of Us, episode two, titled Infected, like the Bad Religion song, uh, was pretty outstanding television, man. I'm digging this show, Last of Us. It broke all kinds of records last year, or last year, last week with the premiere. I think they had 4.7 million viewers, and they said by the end of the week, they were already topped 10 million views. I can talk. (laughs) Uh, 10 million views for episode one. Broke all kinds of record. I think House of the Dragon is the only other premiere that was bigger than it in the past like 10 years. So definitely a bona fide hit. And then they've already said today, which is one of the benefits of recording when we do is and I closed the tab, but it had 5.5 million uh, views for last night's episode. So it definitely had a large growth in uh, yeah. viewership. <clears throat> yeah, I did see that. Like it was up 22% from yeah, 5.7 the... million uh, viewers. And that's just day one. And you know, it's going to get more plays as the week goes on. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, man, that's cool. Like a lot of most shows, they said the ratings will dip after the premiere a little bit and maybe rise up again. Like once the finale comes or whatever, but yeah, shows usually don't have the luxury of, of the second episode being higher than premiere. So that's cool. And of course, house of dragon is going to be like 
number one because it's of course. Game, of, game of Thrones and everyone already knows that. Last of Us was more of a, you know, you you know about it, but you don't know about it. It's still a new property to a lot of people. So it being second most in the past 10 years is saying something. Uh, so yeah, man, the hype is real and I, people got to be liking it if they're going back for more plus more than what watched the first one. So it's definitely made the us. rounds. Yeah. Made. Yeah. Awesome. It all, but uh, guarantees at this point that we're getting that second season oh, yeah. and we're going to see uh, this story through to its conclusion, which is awesome. Cause that's something you always worry about with, with um, properties you like and when they get adapted, like, man, I hope people watch this because it just happened to me with Paper Girls last year. And like, I, I'm sure it's happened countless times. 1899. Well, right. <laughs> but it's like, for Name you, a Netflix show. Yeah. But like, Paper Girls being a comic book I loved and then watching the first season and liking it and being like, I hope people are watching this and this gets a second season. And of course, it did not. And I'll never see it uh, finished as an adaptation. But yeah, this one seems like it has a good chance. Obviously, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked to hear an announcement for a renewal like any time now uh, who wrote paper girls brian k vaughn so he has a terrible track record he does for adaptations yeah he writes because, fantastic comic books because uh, he did he did uh why the last man why the last man which didn't make it and didn't he also do jupiter's legacy no that was Who's, uh jupiter's legacy was mark millar yeah, that's Mark, right. Mark, that's right. Mark Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just kind of yeah enjoying that track record. That was kind of crazy to see. I'm sure he's yeah. got. I'm sure Brian Vaughn's got more stuff going on. Yeah, he's had some bad luck. Man, he you know he's writing Saga, which will never be adapted, which we've talked about. But um, nor should it. Nor should it. But Last of Us, perfect to be uh-huh. adapted, and. This sheer care. We talked about this last week in our when we were talking about the premiere, and it was a huge conversation piece throughout the week. I kept seeing online, which was Halo being mm-hmm. adapted, and nowhere close to this type of care was put into that story, and it's shown. And mm-hmm. it's crazy that you know, if you have faith in these video games, you have a built-in audience on top of being able to bring in casual viewers for a good story. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can. You don't have to try to change what an adaptation is. The Witcher TV show has gotten all kinds of complaints for changing the source material. Uh, as I just said, Halo was. It's just all these adaptations, and people want to get their hands on a, an established IP and then change what people like about it in hopes of reaching a wider audience. You know, and, and it never works out. And Last of Us sitting right here, just doing it, right. doing it right. Yeah, it just goes to show that, like, you know, people <clears throat> make fun of video games and, and adults who play video games and, and this and that and uh, mature themes in video games is for whatever. You know, we've been we've been fighting those stereotypes our whole lives, but comic books are adapted into movies all the time nowadays. And some of them win Oscars like Heath Ledger wins an Oscar and Angela Bassett just wins a Golden Globe the other day. And. And be nominated Matt, for an Oscar in probably what six hours or something stupid. Yeah, Matt Reeves makes the Batman, and it's you know critically acclaimed and one of the best movies of last year. So if you can adapt a, a comic book into something serious and that people will take seriously and and gets recognized and as by the general public, why can't you do the same thing with a video game? 
if you're you know Neil Druckmann and and HBO, obviously you know that you can do that, and this is just proof of that. You know, a video game adaptation doesn't have to be goofy and silly and cheesy or 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 some of the things they've been in the past. This shows that if people truly care about the source material and want to make a you know quality adaptation of a video game, it can be done. So we're living it right now. Yeah, and what's fun about it is that you can also go in to a little bit more detail. Like in video games, technically speaking, you usually, it happens, but you usually don't get cutscenes that don't involve your character. Mm -hmm. So you don't get a lot of information unless you're the main character is getting it, you know? So you were with Joel, attached to Joel, you were either playing as Joel or someone close to him throughout the entire series. So you don't get that information of what's going on in the world. So with this here with the TV show, we could do scenes like the way they open this episode with being in Indonesia and learning about the virus and where it came from. And then even learning the defense for it, which was bomb the city to try to stop it from spreading. And just to kind of get that. And it even answered my question last week when I said, do buildings rot in 20 years? Well, yeah, they do when they get bombed. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that looks like a wasteland because it was a war zone at some point 20 years ago. So it makes sense that it would look like that. So it answered my question. So thank you, every, you know, HBO writers, Neil Druckmann, for making that make sense. But you'd be able to like dive into just the virus more or the, the spores, the fungus more, yeah. mm -hmm. the cause of it and really have some more explanation is was is been fun and kind of been from someone who knows this story kind of almost inside out it's fun you just got done replaying it for the third time third time yeah and the fact yeah. that you still are just like yeah i want to watch this show that yeah is currently being adapted yeah it's it's definitely giving you some backstory that the games did not allow and i don't think that they're probably done doing that yet i i, I feel like we're going to get glimpses back into you know some of Joel's past and uh, maybe Ellie's and some, some of the other characters that just, we weren't privy to in just playing the games. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely for that. This, this form of storytelling is really opening up some paths that we didn't have uh, just being fans of the game and playing through those. So that's really cool. I know you mentioned the um, opening scene mm -hmm. there. I just want to say, so far, two episodes in, like two for two on opening scenes. Like, and th these are opening scenes that, you know, spoilers. We, we, we should have said that before, but you guys know if you listen to our last episode, we're doing spoilers for this episode, but not the game, but this episode. Um, yeah, those two opening scenes were kind of made for this show, not in the games, and just very, another just captivating first five minutes uh leading into the opening sequence like edgier seat kind of not even scary or action-packed just the tenseness of the of the room and the atmosphere and the way the lines are being delivered and kind of just the you know this entire scene is in a foreign language and it still hit me hard just like watching it and be like oh man this this world is serious um <laughs> yeah <laughs> just seeing just getting a glimpse of what happened yeah Obviously, you had the opening in last uh, 
episode and then you jump 20 years and then the story takes off so like i said from someone people who've played the game that's all you see yeah i know outside of maybe some like newspaper clippings or i mean you can piece together ideas but really they don't give you much of what happened in those 20 years you're just kind of in that moment and you can correct me if i'm wrong with that since you played it more recently than i have no it's true um so so yeah being able to dive into this world deeper is super exciting for me and me good (laughs) and and i'm sure many others who've enjoyed these games and yeah and for everybody now and yeah and hopefully once again we both played this this game multiple times um this is something we've been super excited about so if you've only your experience is only for uh the show definitely let us know what you think about it uh raise the geek gmail.com twitter instagram youtube we're everywhere Uh, we're all around you we're all around you like spores nope no spores in this one (laughs) um but definitely one of the things that just was blowing my mind watching this episode was the sets Mm -hmm. like the pure detail that went into the set design to make it look exactly like this the damn game is (laughs) insane yeah like that library that museum was spot on the the hotel i mean i felt like all of these moments were just like done with so much care and detail that it's amazing yeah it was like it was, it was basically pulled straight from the game and just put up on screen and live action you know mixed with kind of seamless cgi obviously it's a mix of a mix of mm-hmm. both but i mean it's not one of those you, where you feel like you're looking at cgi you, you just feel like you're looking at something big and uh, you know, the scope of what they've kind of put on the screen is pretty crazy. Uh, especially for those of us who've played the game, like you said, and it is basically when there's an early scene in this episode where it's, you know, just Ellie and uh Tess and Joel in the hotel room when like Ellie kind of wakes up from her sleep and they're watching her, and like the room they were in is like, I just played this game in that room somehow. Like it looks exactly like a room in a you know run down desolate weeds and and plant life have overgrown and the windows are broken and furniture's flipped over and like it looks exactly like what i've just played i was like this is amazing they did this uh yeah uh the sets the set design for this episode of being like outside the wall they kind of just went above and beyond to the point of almost being like a one for one of the game uh like we kind of said a little bit about some things last episode but they took it even further uh so yeah tip of the hat clap standing ovation for whoever's responsible for what's going on here yeah because i'm i'm digging it um for i guess uh, as a quick catch up which we probably should have done already we'll do better next week um quick setup this episode obviously picked up right after episode one where we had ellie and tess and joel getting grouped up with Ellie and being uh, kind of tasked with delivering her to the fireflies at the capital of Boston. And this basically this episode was that journey. So it was the three of them traveling from the, uh, what are they? The easy. Yeah. Or quarantine zone or whatever. Quarantine zone. Yeah. The quarantine zone to the capital. So going through like basically downtown destroyed ravaged boston while they're getting to know each other learning about the fallout of last episode and realizing that ellie is important and that she actually it can't is infected or isn't infected but is 
Um, and Joel having a hard time coming to terms with that and Tess slowly by the end coming to terms with that and realizing that this girl is a beacon of hope. So that was kind of what we covered in this episode. So definitely well done. Nice, almost small scale storytelling, mm. very character driven, but within a giant, giant world. Yeah. And just the three of those, those actors, I mean, the same, they were the only actors in the entire thing, minus the, you know, other guys. Yeah. Uh, but, but the three human actors, except for the opening scene as well. But um, yeah, this was all just kind of about that journey that we've, you and I have lived through playing the game when you kind of just starting, just setting off into the outside the wall, the safety of the wall and kind of not knowing what's coming and, uh yeah it was it was good you know um 100 pop or pedro i was gonna call him pablo pascal because my wife accidentally did the other day i almost said pablo pascal i was like that's not right pedro, <laughs> Pas- pedro pascal and uh um oh my god what's her name bella ramsey damn it bella ramsey <laughs> and uh you know the name of the actress playing test better than i do anna torf right Oof, I cringe was- you saved me there. but uh yeah the three of them you know doing great work again i think um we're starting to see the the relationship between joel and ellie kind of the seeds of it start um but yeah great performances and a great a good episode i i know you asked me very early on what i thought about this episode i really loved this uh episode i thought it was great some things, you know, we'll we'll talk about as we get into it, but I thought it was a really good episode overall, didn't you? Yeah. 100%. Okay. I was ready. I was there. It was a good length. I was happy with it. I have no complaints. Like I said, blown away by the detail and just bringing this story to life while still making some differences and some doing some stuff. Now, one of the things because I know that there were people who were just like zombies with the first episode, and everything was very zombie. Well, in this episode, we got the clickers, the debut of the clickers, which are more than zombies. I don't even I personally never really thought of them as zombies. They're creatures. Yeah, they're and, like uh, zombie, zombies on crack. Creatures. Yeah, and they're 100 percent on crack. Um, like uh, no. Uh, man, I forgot his name. Walking Dead What's the main dude's name. Uh, I was going to say Shane Rick. Rick. Yeah, Rick yeah. couldn't handle these zombies. No, no, they no. were zombies like these these clickers would tear up his crew. Yeah. Um, but that museum scene and just seeing the level of um, practical effects mixed with CGI and the way that they had those actors doing that, that was harrowing stuff, man. That was that was solid, solid entertaining right there in the middle of that episode when those clickers showed up. Well. People who played the game and us, we are people who played the game. know that we clickers. are clickers are the clickers are synonymous with the last of us it's kind of like the visual you get of the when you think of an antagonist of the last of us games you think of a clicker they're meaner harder to kill um scarier than any other regular you know runner creature um so finally being introduced to them, not finally, because I know it's only episode two, but it took us to episode two to finally get our full real look at clickers. How did you feel about them? Like in comparison, did they nail it? Is it 100% like the game or is it better? Like, is it more than you expected? Just kind of your, your first thoughts when you finally heard that trademark noise coming from down the hall, you're like, oh shit, here we go. 
here we go. I was waiting for it because of the museum setting. And I remember that scene because it was terrifying in the game. Um, I liked him better because I didn't have to deal with him. I just had to watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I could, so I could see it when I'm playing. Uh-huh. It does not look like anything remotely capable. It's me panicking the whole time, trying to either sneak or run and hide and flail my limbs and hope that they die. So yeah. it doesn't look like anything that anybody wants to watch. And I'm feeling that. So I enjoyed them better in the show because I yeah. didn't have to deal with them. I but they looked that. outstanding. I hear that because in the game, they are a pain in the ass when yeah. those things start coming in. And you sometimes you got to deal with more than one. You're like, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to get out of here alive. Yeah, I'm just throwing uh, bottles and running. All, all you need is one, like one to grab you and it's over. You can't get away. Uh, unless you become a shiv master and then you can shiv your way out of it. Those who know, know. Um, but yeah, man, I thought they, I thought they were going to make shivs in this show. <laughs> just, just Pablo Pascal building the shiv on his knees uh, out of some, oh, scissors. there's a workbench over there. Let's make some shivs he found in the corner. Uh, yeah, resources. man, I'm glad. Resources. resources. I'm glad they didn't change them too much. Uh-huh. Because they're, I mean, they're iconic looking from the game, and then like even the even the uh, costume designer guy that they had at the end of this episode was like, you know, we were going, we came up with a hundred different ideas, and you know, we were going to do whatever, but we just kept coming back to the design that was already there by right. Neil Druckmann and and what they did in the game because it was just too perfect to to kind of go away from that, and so I'm real happy about that the the appearance of them and at least these actors they got to portray the clickers in this one did it perfectly. Like the movements and the, the way of them like sliding around the room and kind of like twitching and all that. And right. I believe they got the voice actors from the game who did the original clicking sounds to be in this show too. So that was perfect. It was just like top to bottom, head to toe, perfect uh, representation of those creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it and I hope everybody did. That was great. Yeah, they were creepy. I liked it. I can't wait to s- see more, um, situations that they're put in and they have to deal with, um, because it was crazy seeing yeah. just all of the infected in this, this episode. Um, now there are, there were some differences to the games mm-hmm. and I'm curious how you felt about some of that. And one of the big ones is that there's no more spores in the, in the right. game you would, find areas where you had to put on gas masks and not breathe in the spores. Well, they took that away in this. Mm-hmm. Are you going to miss the spores? Not necessarily. I don't think um, I hated those sections in the game, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. They were always like scary. I mean, we played this game to be scared. That was part of the fun, but like every time you do go into a spore area, you're like, God, now, now what the, what the fuck's going to jump out at me from one of these corners? Right. Um, so yeah, I'm good. I'm good with it. And it makes sense to the show why they're not involved. And they, that's another thing they kind of did delve into at the end of this. And like the behind the scenes was, you know, spores in a video game, you can get away with cause it's a video game. But in, if this were real life, if there's spores in the air, they would be everywhere. They wouldn't just there be are spores in the air. Right. They, they, it wouldn't just be confined to certain little tunnels they go to. And like Joel would put on his mask only in the spore room. And then as soon as you're out of the spore room, you can take it off. If, this, if, it, if there were spores everywhere, you'd have every actor in this show wearing a gas mask 100% of the time, which they 
did not want to do. It was just completely understandable. You can't make a show like that. Um, so I get it and it doesn't really bother me. I think it's like a good change for television. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred um, percent. And, and they have something to kind of replace it with, with these tendrils. Yeah. Right? By having the, the large fungus networks that are going through the town and through the area that can basically communicate with the infected. I buy it. It works. Yeah. Same I like it. So. It's creepy. It was creepy when the they decided to wake up. We heard a noise miles away. We're going to wake up the horde. Yeah, it kind of makes them scarier, you know, that they can come find you from bit. anywhere. You got to be extra careful everywhere you are because you never know when a herd of these creatures are going to come running at you because you stepped on the wrong fungus or something. Right. Uh, so yeah, it just adds another level. There's levels to this shit, man. There, there is. There are definitely levels. Um, and I'm curious to see as we progress through the story how they use that and how that becomes a big deal. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. Um, during this episode, during that clicker attack, we did have Ellie get bit again, mm-hmm. which was hilarious because she was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course it like, was me. Yeah. At least it was me. And you're just like, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Ellie, she's cracking me up. She's growing on me. Bella Ramsey. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um, she has some good line delivery. I enjoyed her uh, getting the hotel room. And then that skeleton jumping out did genuinely made me jump. Well, she had, she made me laugh the first time during that scene when like she was singing or doing something weird, like how Ellie does in the video yeah. games. Ellie's just, just like a little strange person mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. And like Joel was like, you're a weird kid. And she was like, you're a weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kind of made me laugh. I was like, that is something Ellie would say. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm but I liked, I, you know, that didn't happen in the game, Ellie getting bit again, but I really like them using it this time to help. So Joel can see that she's immune. Right. Um, I like that use of that and going, yeah, he kept waiting that whole episode for her to turn. And now he's seen that she's gotten bit and it hasn't changed and that this might be real and that was w- really well done I thought well I think that's also like maybe Neil Druckmann fixing something from the game that he did that maybe he didn't like like yeah. in the game in the game it works out the same way where um she's bit and she just kind of tells them hey I'm immune and they kind of just I don't want to say brush past it but uh, uh, Joel is just easier to go along with it the more believable thing is to have him very skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. And then in order for him to get past it, he does have to see it with his own eyes. So that they kind of fix that in the show, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, you know, and now, yeah. now that now he doesn't have to keep questioning it as they move forward. He's seen it. She's not changed. Uh, so yeah, a good use of a little, little tweak. If you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was clever because I was like, wait, where are they going with this? And then I put it together and I was like, nice. Yeah. Nice job. Nice, nice job, HBO. I like it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then realistically, the big thing to talk about is Tess. R.I.P. Rep yeah. Tess. R.I.P. Spoiler! I, I, didn't, um, I didn't feel like that was coming yet. I don't know. I just I thought she was going to be in more episodes before they uh, did this. I knew it was coming. I knew she didn't but it felt like she was with us longer in the game than in the show so i kind of felt like we had a few episodes before we'd get there but nope 
we got there quick. I was like, well, there we are. Here we go. Um, Cause I, I forgot that it was a clicker attack that did get her because you're, you just do more. They, you know, they obviously had stuff with humans that they didn't do in the show since they wanted to limit the human violence, human on human violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus we got a bunch coming. So <laughs> I'm sure you would think you would think, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of maybe uh, can tend to agree with you. I thought maybe Tess might go a little further in the show, even though, you know, in the game, she does kind of go early on as well. But like you said, it does feel like you're with her a little longer, but that's because it's a video game. And yeah, we spend you, yeah, I was, 40, we were legitimately with her for what, eight hours or something? Right. We spend 40 hours on a video game and this is a nine hour show. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. So yeah, this was one of the big moments from the game and they kind of made it a big deal in the show too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always, you know, HBO and these kind of shows are always notorious for, you don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. So when somebody that you're getting to know uh, does bite the bullet, it's always like, Oh, uh, it's hard. Yeah. It's, um, it's rough. Yeah. But there's definitely some differences in the way they did it here than in the game. Right. Oh yeah. I liked it. I liked, that's what I was going to say. I liked how they did this almost better than the game. The game worked. Uh, they were being chased by the military and she was holding back. Um, and this time it was the infected that got her and she got to blow up the thing. And we got the really weird makeout session with the infected. And uh, she got to use a lighter that Nathan Drake had in uncharted four, like a lot of Easter eggs <laughs> and stuff. It was just a cool, uh, like the kind of big scale thing without getting too deep into um, the world yet. So I really, I thought it, it gave us an idea of how this these infected um, communicate, how they function, how they work. And then we blew up a whole bunch of them. So I was, I, I kind of almost liked Tess's finale a little bit better from what I can okay. recall. Like I said, it's been a minute since I played. The yeah, first one. It kind of it kind of served the same purpose of her character kind of coming full circle. Like she's a badass and, and her and Joel are on the same page. But the way they see um Ellie's immunity to the virus, they take in different ways. Like Joel is still kind of slow to come around and see the big picture. Yeah. But Tess kind of knows right away, like this girl, um, us getting her to some kind of you know, get her to the fireflies and get them to do what they need to do. So we can maybe come up with a vaccine that we've been missing in this world. And the world's mm-hmm. gone to shit for 20 years. If this girl is the key, like Tess finally sees that. And she's like kind of all in, uh, even after she's bitten and she knows that she's going to die. Um, at some point she's willing to say, no, Joel, if like you care for me at all or anything, if any of this mattered, like you have to take her and go complete this. Uh, so well, like her, anything, character, her character, regardless of how long she's in the show, she came, you know, full circle with how she acts and feels about mm-hmm. the world and what's going on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally for it. When, if anything, after she got infected and she knew she was going to die, she leaned into Ellie's story heavy mm-hmm. and wanted to make sure Joel knew like, hey, look at me. Look at her. This is real you need to get her where she needs to go, at least stick with her a little bit longer, get her where she needs to go because this is real and don't let me die for nothing. 
And yeah. this is my chance to make sure that, you know, she died with hope, which I think they said that at the end of the show, but I a hundred percent agree with that. Like that just, just gave her a good arc for only being in two episodes of this show. Um, her, I think her, she will be like missed and felt mm-hmm. her presence is definitely gonna be felt as Joel progresses through his story with Ellie. Most definitely. And like, like you said, the kind of the big change there, her being killed by um, the creatures instead of the militaries. I'm fine with that. One nitpick if I do have about this episode is just that weird, slow French kiss from like a creature. And I know we we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but like, even if she was infected or whatever, just like it, it kind of just goes against what I what I would expect one of those creatures to do to a human. Um now you kind of rip apart. Right. I feel it well not even a rip apart, but her like maybe just her taking out a bunch of them and then they just hoard onto her and that's how she goes down and then the bomb explodes that was in her hand. Or that's when she throws the the lighter down and blows it all up. But something about the slow, weird like I know they kind of wanted to exaggerate the the these creatures are killing you with the tendrils in their mouth. They're not eating you. They're, they're like infecting you with what's infected them. It was kind of like a clear shot of that, but it's just kind of strange. I never, I never expected to see one of those uh, creatures like slowly lean in, you know, to a person. Well, and Uh, I think, like I said, and we were kind of talking about it, like you said, is I felt like that that was more of her being welcomed into the collective because he could tell that she was infected so i think it was like i think there's still gonna be plenty of people ripped apart as you're expecting but i feel like because she was infected at least like i said that's what i thought of it was still weird it was almost creepier because it was that slow almost intimate way instead of just because i kept waiting for you know the thing turned and looked at her and then started walking and i kept waiting for it to like scream and run at her and she was getting you know because that's what i was expecting because that's what i was used to so the fact that this thing walked up to her and then just made out with her was kind of strange. It was strange, but it almost was creepier because I wasn't expecting it. But that's my explanation. I don't really know. They didn't talk about it. I haven't read anything about it yet to know if there's a deeper meaning or if there's something I'm missing. Um, So I I dug it, but I I can definitely was different. So it could be one of those changes that, I mean, if all of the infected are running up to you to make out with you, that could make this show or give it a different vibe. Yeah, I'm I'm all here for the changes that, that works. That one just was not saying it was bad. It was just unexpected. And I was like kind of scratching my head a little bit, but uh, still great. Still a great way to kind of do it. Let her go out on her own terms and be a badass and take them all down. So yeah. no it was problems. A great parting. Any, any, any last words for Tess? Uh, you know, Tess, we barely knew ye. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're the you're the badass that didn't get a chance to uh, continue on this journey, but uh, we'll we'll always hold a special place in our heart for for old Tess. So yep, that's about it. Now we get old Bill next week. Uh, it was in the trailers. Old Nick, Nick Offerman. Welcome Nick to Offerman show. as Bill. And which is another thing that's cool is the character who's playing Frank, who looks like the actor playing Frank who you know, is in the game, but it looks like he's going to have a bigger role in this show than what he did in the game uh, is being played by Murray Bartlett. And I love that guy. He was on white Lotus season one as like the hotel manager. And uh, he was Armand? also 
Armand, it's Armand. Yeah. And he was also just in uh, Welcome to Chippendales, which I watched. Uh, and he was fantastic in that. So when I saw him pop up that he's playing Frank in this show, I was like, yes, that guy's so good. Uh, so him and Nick Offerman together should be. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna be fun. This is a sad, dour show, so I'm sure they won't be cracking a ton of jokes. But uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. I didn't recognize him without that uh, white lotus mustache. I'm telling you, yeah, but uh, looks like a completely different person. A little bit, yeah. No, yeah, I love that dude. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> super pumped yeah. about that. So that's definitely. Yeah, him and Nick Offerman together. This is going to be as fun as this show can get. <laughs> right. If there's any <laughs> modicum of fun to be had in the show, it's going to be with those two guys. So uh, let's see. Yeah. So you have any parting words on episode two now that we're two in? Anything that you uh, just I mean, long for the ride? Oh, most definitely. I knew yeah. and I knew I would be. Um, it's it's just I'm not saying it's getting better because the premiere was fantastic too it's just two great episodes back to back so that's very encouraging for uh the remainder of this show for me and uh yeah man i'm I'm totally here for it it's appointment television like we kind of said gotta watch it on sunday night or as soon as possible uh i'm already dreading the super bowl because i know i'm not gonna be able to watch it till that monday <laughs> but i took the day off of work that monday so i'm gonna watch it bright and early that monday morning um super but yeah bowl. man i know damn you super bowl but uh yeah man i'm having a ton of fun and kind of watching one of my favorite games come to life on screen is a blast so uh good time you party yeah, I, this is something i never thought i'd see it's mm-hmm. so fun knowing the story and watching along with this and usually it, it can go usually that goes poorly when you know a story and then you watch an adaptation whether it's a book whether it's a a game whether it's a comic book no matter what it is you always end up watching it with different sets of eyes and be like they should have done this and they should have done that and this you just haven't gotten it and it's what you wanted to see is up on that screen and it's just amazing to to see and to be able to share it i love being able to watch this with people who haven't played the game and just to talk yeah, like to them our, at like work. Yeah, yeah. sit and watch with them. And like, this is something that I've been talking about for 10 years mm-hmm. that they can now understand what we're talking about. And like I said, talking about it with people at work, knowing what's going to happen, like it rarely happens to the level of this. And it's just, it's a lot of fun for me um, to be able to do this. So I'm having a blast. Like I said, as much fun as you can have watching The Last of Us, because like I said, it's not a romp. Um, <laughs> no, by any means. By any means. But I... I enjoying what they're doing i've enjoyed the changes they still got me on the edge of my seat um learning more about this world that i love is Uh just awesome so i'm here for it and i'm keep wondering how long it's going to be before i start playing the game again probably sooner than you think you never know 100 sooner than i think (laughs) um i'm sure it'll it'll be here before i know it so um we are here to talk about The Last of Us. As we said, we're going to talk about it each episode each week. We might pepper in some other news if anything else happens or we'll figure out what to do once Ant-Man comes out here in a couple of weeks. And we have to, you know, obviously talk about that. So we definitely have more stuff. If you want to hear our opinion on anything else that's happening out in the world, make sure you shoot us a, a message. Join the conversation over on Twitter, Instagram or YouTube at Raise the Geek. Like and subscribe to the channel over there. We're starting to grow a community over on YouTube where you can see us. Hi. Hi, YouTube. I forget um, that sometimes. Oh, hi. 
Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hi. Hi, YouTube. Um, definitely hit us up, Raise the Geek. We are easy to find. If you want to shoot us an email, raise the geek at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, follow, rate, all of that good stuff wherever you can. It helps us out and gets our show out there to the masses. So thank you, each and every one of you, for making it this far into the episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying The Last of Us as much as we are. Like Chris said, we will be back to talk about it again next week. Obviously. Episode three, here we come, but that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak.